Well, welcome again to the service this evening. Turning back to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 2, and we'll also be in Luke 2 for one of the thoughts for tonight. As we've read the account of the Lord's birth or the accounts in the different Gospels, we come upon different individuals that are spoken about or are involved in the events of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we ask the question of ourselves, which one would we identify with? We've done this in an Easter service where the different ones around the cross, you know, uh, the mother of the Lord, the friends of the Lord, the disciple of the Lord, John was there, the soldiers and uh, so forth, all the people gathered, the mockers. Which one are you? And as we look at this this evening on the Christmas Eve service, which one are you? Who do you identify with as we consider these this evening? Now, as has been prayed and as we've sung, Jerusalem was alive with the news that a king had been born. Things were happening out in the fields with the shepherds. A great light shone. And I don't know how far they could see that away, but it probably wasn't too for Bethlehem's not that far from Jerusalem. And if it was as strong as a light as the angels would have uh, displayed at that, the angel would have displayed at that time, then it could have been seen from a distance. You know, what are these things? The, The star that led the wise men was over Bethlehem. So things were different. And uh, so news was spreading. They didn't have the phones. They didn't have anything of that nature. But the news spread quickly around. Something was up. (laughs) Prophets had proclaimed the truth about a Jewish king years before. Hundreds of years before. (laughs) And it was no secret. It was in their scriptures. Um, This one would come. Or one would come who would provide salvation and security to them. They were looking for him. So the air was filled with expectation. And I can say, even as it is today for Christians, the air is filled with expectation. We're not going to see an angel. We're not going to see a glowing light. We're not going to see a star. (laughs) But we are going to hear a sound. And it'll be too late to change your mind. If that's happened, you're gone. (laughs) Up and out of here. Wouldn't it be good? <laughs> I pray that we don't get locked down again. <laughs> as as strongly as it has been in the past, that we have a reasonable uh, primary in our state that's uh, trying. But praise the Lord that we have the assurance of God's word. That's more important, isn't it? <laughs> Let's pray and ask the Lord's blessing as we consider the word tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful news of the birth of the Lord Jesus. It's always new to us, refreshing to hear. And Lord, as we identify with one or several of these people that were involved in the birth of our Lord and Saviour, may we take heart and be encouraged. May we be identified with the right ones tonight. Lord, we pray for those that couldn't be here tonight because they are not well. Strengthen them and they'd like to be here. Lord, pray for those that are with families and are far away even 
in other states that you would minister to them and that they might minister to those that they are with and have opportunity to share the good news of the Christ that was born at Bethlehem, raised at Nazareth, ministered at Galilee and died at Jerusalem. Lord, thank you for the thoughts of, that we can think of in that song we heard. Now bless the word to us tonight. Encourage each one, whether they're listening in or whether we're here. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> and Elisa's put together the order of service and the, there's an outline on the back. And if you didn't get one, there is those available there at the back. Thank you. <clears throat> First of all, we look at some that were moved by the word of God. They understood by the study of the scriptures that they had read in the Old Testament, which all, is all they had, that uh, a Messiah was coming. Many of the young women in Jerusalem hoped, or in Israel hoped it was them that he'd come through with expectation. And, and, and when it happened to Mary, she was sort of quite surprised about it all. <laughs> and she pondered these things in her heart, didn't she? Um, she, what is happening and all these shepherds turning up and then, the, and then the wise men from the east and then the moving to Egypt all these things were transpiring and, um, and as it says in the scripture that it, her heart would be pierced through because her son would die and the, these things all come to pass and transpired but there were those that understood the scriptures and knew what was going to happen and let's look at a few of these thoughts tonight. Let's look at scriptures they could have looked at. Let's go to Micah ch chapter 5 and verse 2. <clears throat> Micah 5 and verse 2. We read, But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old and from everlasting. What could have they understood if they are students of the word from that portion? <laughs> Bethlehem. Out of the, now, the religious leaders didn't get it. It didn't seem, but they did. They could tell Herod where, as they pointed out, where he would be born. You know, tell us from your scriptures. And uh, <clears throat> so they were awake to the fact of where he would be born. And as we read in Matthew tonight, chapter 2, verse 6, it was fulfilled thus. In Isaiah, chapter 7, and verse 14, not only did they know where he would be born, but in verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and that shall call his name Emmanuel. They knew how he was going to be born, of a virgin, immaculate born divinely born conceived of the Lord and so how he would be born of a virgin and that is being fulfilled in Matthew 1 the, the fulfillment they say is said in Matthew 1 and verse 22 and in Isaiah chapter 9 <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 9 just over a little bit further and verse 6 which we repeat many times at this time of the year they knew why he would be born if they studied and were moved by the word. God wants us today to be moved by the word, to study the word, to 
to, to get into it, to know the things and not be ignorant of the things of God. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And then it jumps 2,000 years at least. <laughs> and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. There's no mistaking here why he would be born. He'd be born a child to govern the world. To take on his shoulders the government. And his name is wonderful, the mighty God. This is God himself in the flesh. And so there's a whole lot that they can consider. And Jewish people need to consider that. And there may be people listening in from Israel right now that need to listen to their own, their own Bible, their own scriptures, and study it for themselves. I know that there's, uh, there has been in the past about 26 or 27 tuning in to the, to the, on the internet. So, you know, listen to it, fellas. <laughs> it's your Messiah. This is Jesus, whom your forefathers crucified, whom you didn't receive, but many did, that lived in that day, understood their Bibles. Don't listen to the rabbis. Listen to God. Listen to the scripture. Let's go to Daniel 9. Not only where, how, why, but when he would be born. They could get to this finer detail. Now, we can't do that for the second coming. <laughs> because it says no man knows the day nor the hour. But they could have figured out from the scriptures when he would be born. In chapter 9, verse 25 of Daniel. And know there... For and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem unto Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks and the street shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. So when they went back to build the city after they were taken captive to Babylon that would be troublesome times and there was troublesome times. I mean uh, Nehemiah and Ezra... <laughs> Tell us about those times uh, and Sanballat and all the problems they had with the locals around there, <laughs> the, the Samaritans that didn't want them to build again. But then after three score and two weeks, the Messiah shall be cut off. Here it tells them when he would come. Seventy weeks, I determined it was multiplied by seven, 490 years. They could have figured out when Messiah would be crucified and make the payment for sin. Deduct 30 years and get pretty close to the time. You see, some were moved by the word. How about you and I? <laughs> Are we moved by the scriptures and the word of God saying, it is exciting times to live in. It's exciting to see what's going on. It can be depressing, but it can be exciting. We can smile, but we can frown <laughs> at the same time because we know it's about to transpire. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> like, so that's the when, when he could come. They could have figured that out. We can figure it out. From, there are, from the Jewish scriptures, we can figure out as Christians when the Messiah would have been born. Uh, <clears throat> they understood from Numbers 5 and verse 47 that he could only minister as a priest did after he turned 30. And so they could have deducted that off the 490 years and come to a close figure. Uh, <clears throat> John 
5.39, Jesus said this, Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. (laughs) What a wise thing to do. And they are they, the scriptures are they, which testify of me, said Jesus. That's what the Bible is about. That's, sorry, who the Bible is about. They are they which testify of me. From cover to cover, it's about the Lord Jesus. Everything is about him and, 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 and all the types, all the practical things that Israel did in the tabernacle and the, and the temple and their worship, all point, all point to one person, the Lord Jesus. All the prophecies point to the Lord Jesus. The New Testament, isn't that so? It's all about the Lord Jesus. We can be moved from the scriptures. We do what 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And come to an exciting conclusion. (laughs) Hebrews 9.28 So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. Unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Well, let's look into the scriptures. We are, as they were, looking for him. They had their spiritual binoculars out. (laughs) Where is the Messiah? Where is he going to be born? Well, we can find this out from our own Bible. Let's look at a couple of them that were just so in that day. We're looking for the Lord Jesus. Luke chapter 2. I said we'd turn there in verse 21. And when eight days were accomplished... For the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, who was so named by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, that's his, his parents. Luke 2.23 now, and as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. If you went back to that law, what would you find? This is a poor man's offering. He wasn't born into a rich home. Not of affluence and influence in society. He was born in that sort of home. No room in the inn for him. (laughs) And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was... Simeon, and the same man was just and devout. And what was he doing? He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And what was the consolation of Israel? That Messiah would come. Yep. He, was, he had his spiritual binoculars out. We could say he was searching the scriptures. And it was revealed to him by the Holy Ghost. You see, God knew he was interested and God showed him. You know, if you're not interested in it, God's not going to open the scriptures to you. You can read over prophecy all you want, but you won't get it unless you want to get it. And that's the problem today. Some people have said, not on. Dismiss it. No. If you want, God will show you as you read the scriptures. And it said he would not see death. It was told to him before he had seen the Lord's Christ. He knew it. It was his day. He was right on because he was moved by the word. Uh, and right down to verse 35, as he took him up, mine eyes have, for 30, verse 30, mine eyes have seen thy salvation. 
which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. He hasn't been that yet, but he will be when they come back to him. And then there's another one that had her spiritual binoculars on. (laughs) A man and a woman, and there was one Anna, in verse 36, a prophetess, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and lived with a husband seven years from her virginity, and she was a widow of about four score and four years old. How old was she? 84, thank you. <laughs> a great age, that's said in the scriptures, who departed not from the temple but served with fastings and prayers. Night and day she was ministering in the temple. She just completely dedicated. She was looking, she was wanting, she was wanting to understand. What about these things? She coming to the, in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spoke of him to all those that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Although, so, see, there wasn't just the two of them. There was all these people saying, is he coming in our day? Is he coming in our generation? Well, they were excited about it. And they got to see the Messiah, the Lord Jesus. Some, yes, were moved by the word. And that's the longest point. The others will be quick and short. Some were moved not by the word, but they were moved to worship him. Back in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, I was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? <laughs> this is the wise men. For we have come to do what? Worship him. Worship him. When we think of worship, what, what do we think of? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, and that's exactly, you know, it's like Moses and, and Joshua. Remember when there was problems back in the desert there and, and, uh, and they wanted to talk to the Lord? What did they do? <laughs> like Tim suggested, they fell on their face and worshipped the Lord. We don't see that. In our day, the, in the East, you see people doing that to other gods. <laughs> Terrible, isn't it? Because they're not even worshipping God worshipping an image, stone or wood. But we have come to worship him. So we've seen his star. Have you seen Mercury and Saturn yet? Go out, just on dark, and they're they're shining before the, the sun set, but it's still, they're there, and they've moved a little bit apart now from the other day. Two days ago, they were right on each other. I'm not saying that's... It's over in the southeast, uh, southwest, and then down low on the horizon. Yeah, well, yeah. That, well, no, last night was okay. I can see it from our porch, <laughs> but they shine before the other stars. But these men saw a star, his star, that guided them. Now, how did these fellows, chaps, wise men, <laughs> let's call them wise men, magi, whatever? know about this how did they know that the Jews would have a king born to them who was going to be the Messiah that they came to worship they were away away from all the things that are happening in Israel think of who used to live there over in the east who was taken captive there 
Daniel. Ezekiel was over there. Other people were there. And they may well have heard years earlier, 400 and something years, as we worked out before, 490 years, and and these people had been taught and heard. Maybe it was evangelist Jewish people over there doing what they should have done, spreading the good news about the Lord, about the God of Israel. Somehow, somewhere, they believed and acted on the truth. And through faith, they embarked on this expensive and extravagant journey. All to do this, fall down and worship him. (laughs) We find it hard to get to church. And we've got a nice air-conditioned car. Heated and cooled. These guys had to get on a camel and ride from here to the way I'm beyond Brisbane. <laughs> a few thousand kilometres, day and night. Had to take supplies, had to plan, get there and get back. You, you think it's hard ringing up someone and getting a, a accommodation for the night? You think of these guys. They camped on the side of the road with all the robbers that could have got them. They had jewels, they had precious things. You start considering the, the practicality of this. These were committed people. These wanted to worship the Lord. We complained about little things that get in our way when we worship the Lord. These, these people did, did it, even though he wasn't their king, but he the king of the Jews. So they heard it and they came. An arduous and awesome pilgrimage to bring val- valuable gifts to him who was born king, as they said, verse 2, they said, king of the Jews. Where is he that is born king? Of course they went to the king when they, they turned up to Herod. You know, where's the king? Well, I'm the king. No, no, where's the king? <laughs> that got him angry like that. <laughs> Maybe they did. It doesn't seem that they detected his anger because they kept talking to him and got instruction and found where to go. And the star went to where the Lord was. <clears throat> Gifts to him. Oh, how little it costs us compared with what it costs them to do what they did to worship the Lord. There's a whole message there, isn't there, about the cost of worshipping. What are we willing to do? What are we willing to give to worship the Lord? It is written, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Everyone will fall down and worship the Lord today, willingly, tomorrow, after judge, in judgment unwillingly but they'll be compelled to philippians 2:10 and other verses that at the name of jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that jesus christ is lord and revelation 14 verse 7 saying with a loud voice fear god and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment is come and worship him that made heaven and earth and sea and fountains of water. God wants us to willingly choose of our own volition to worship him. He doesn't want to compel you. The ones he compels are the people that don't want to worship him, don't want to give to him, and want to live their own life for themselves. And so worship him that created heaven and earth. So some moved by the word some were moved to worship him others were moved to wonder about him in chapter 2 of Luke back to Luke again in verse 16 
We read there in verse 16, And they came with haste, these are the shepherds, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe laying in, a, lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And if you read back in the earlier verses, in verse 9, And lo, the angel of the Lord come upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. When they heard that, they went and found him. And when they found him and saw him, they rejoiced and they went out. And what did they do? These were evangelistic shepherds. (laughs) That's what they did. They went out and told everyone. Wouldn't you? How many believed? If they were asleep when the angel shone around, no, I didn't see no light. <laughs> told me, and so many people like that today, well, who's Jesus? <laughs> Some were moved in wonder about him. They wondered with great wonder. It says of, says of these shepherds in verse 18, not only did they, and they were moved to go straight to the birthplace of the Lord, they were there where the Lord was born, But in verse 18, and all they that heard it wondered. Now, there's sort of two ways of looking at wondering. You can see something, wow, what's that? You wonder about it. But another way is looking at it, you know what it is and you wonder in amazement of what it's all about. When you think of it, they were moved with wonder about the Lord and the things that they had heard from the testimony of the evangelistic shepherds after being told by them. People wondered. They were amazed, the word a wonder is, amazed, astonished, surprised. They wondered at the wonderful. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. Do you and I wonder about him? Do you, does your mind wander? and wonder at the Lord Jesus and what he has done. This is called meditation, thinking about him and worshipping him in your heart and your mind. And to wonder about his omniscience, all-knowing, all-knowing God, omnipresence. He's listening in to everything you're thinking as well. His omnipotence and power, his, his income, all these things you can wonder about the Lord himself. And one day, wonder will turn to seeing the wonderful Lord Jesus. Ponder and meditate upon these things about him. The Song of Solomon says in chapter 5 and verse 16, 16, and this is the bride, talking about the bridegroom there. Yea, he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved. This is my friend. There you go. (laughs) There's something we can do about the Lord Jesus. He is altogether wonderful. He is altogether lovely, sorry, and he's my beloved. He's mine, and this is my friend. And if you want to pick on me, look at my friend. (laughs) He is the Lord of glory. Wonder about him. Nicodemus said in chapter 3 and verse 9 of John, how can these things be so? See, he was meditating. He was thinking Jesus said to him about being born again, he wondered, how can this be? He was a thinking individual and he came to the right person who gave him the right answers. 
the Ethiopian eunuch wondered, how, how can I know except someone explain these to me? I'm, he was reading. He was wondering, who is this talking about? Some were moved with wonder. I pray that, pray that you have and still do wonder about him. And others were moved to worry. Chapter 2 of Matthew, back there in Matthew, and verse <clears throat> 3. And when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. He was troubled. He was worried, as we said before. These wise men come to him and he, they said, where's the king? Here. No, no, not you. <laughs> the king. So that got him worried, didn't it? Because Herod was a wicked man. Jesus called him that old fox. <laughs> that old fox. And if you've been from a farm, you know about foxes. And what do you do with the fox? Well, if you can catch him, you hang him on the fence. So all his mates will run away. And you've been down the road and seen 14, 15, 20 foxes hanging on the fence by their tails. Farmer got that fox. <laughs> that old fox, that, that cunning, sneaky. And he was still doing it here, right here. The mention of a rival king by the wise man shattered Herod's perceived grip on power and control. It threatened his very reason for existence. He'd worked hard to get where he was. He wasn't going to let it go easy. The people knew that Herod could explode. He was one of those explosive people. And uh, you might have been living long enough to have met a few of them. They're still around. And they explode. They get it off their chest. And it seems like they don't care what the explosion is called. Just looking at that explosion in Lebanon the other day and it had a slow motion one of it. And when it hit, you could see it hit the big high-rise buildings and all the shattering stuff flying everywhere. And if you were a little bit further away, you'd be ducking for cover real quick because it's blowing things to pieces. And that's what happens. It, an explosion doesn't cause things to come together. When people explode, and this man could have easily done it and did, things blew apart. He was a tyrant that he was when he felt threatened, especially like this. And so he was filled with worry. Herod's anxiety become Jerusalem's anxiety. Everyone was under threat. Watch out. You know, when, <laughs> I wouldn't like to live in a house where it was like that. Where everyone, and it happens with domestic violence, everyone's ducking for cover when Mr. Violent or Mrs. Violent comes in. The kids scatter. The kids hide. The wife is cringing. It's wrong. It's just wrong. But Herod was like that with the whole society. He could say, look, I've built you a temple. You know, you ought to worship me. And he wanted to be worshipped. <clears throat> you have great reason to be worried, just as Herod was, if you have not believed on the Lord Jesus. You've got reason to worry. I pray that you're not one of them. And if you're listening in tonight and you're worried about what's happening what's going on and where it's all heading, you can come to the Lord Jesus and be alleviated of your worries because he will answer all your questions Amen. from the word. Won't he? Amen. Yep, he will. Okay, last, last point. Others were moved to wrath. Well, the same individual. Verse 4. 
And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes, this is Matthew 2, and the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they were all sort of hiding under the cupboard. Well, you know, I don't want to be dragged in before him. I know what he's like. He could, he could stab me, javelin me, like Saul did, and tried to do to, to David and to his own son, Jonathan. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, they knew the references we've already referred to. Thus it is written by the prophet, Thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. <clears throat> And verse 7, Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men and inquired of them diligently, he's, he's getting right to the point, I want to nail a time, give me a date, give me an hour, <laughs> give me when this happened, what time the star appeared. And he set them, sent them to Bethlehem. They thought, well, he must be interested. <laughs> yeah for other reasons than they were aware of. He was right angry in his heart and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring me word again. You know, when people who are violent people, who are angry people and blow up, speak peaceably to you, you start saying, Hmm, (laughs) what's going on? And think about the questions they're asking you. People have done that to me. All they're doing is pumping you for information and afterward they use it against you. That's crook. (laughs) It's terrible to do that in Christian circles. And so this is what he, Herod, was doing, this old fox, to these wise men. And uh, when you've found him, bring me word again that I may come and, just like you're doing, worship him. And all the time his heart was moved with wrath. Moved with wrath. And then <clears throat> verse 12. Being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. They probably would have gone and respected him as king and uh, given him where they found the Lord. But they were warned. And when they departed, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph and warned him. And he arose and took the, went to Egypt with Mary and Jesus unto the death of Herod. And verse 16 reads, And then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, how he would have loved to have got a hold of them (laughs) in his wrath and in his anger. Folks, look around the world today. The majority of people fall into this category, how they'd like to get a hold of Christians. Look at the laws they're passing. Look at the things they're bringing in. You know... When the Lord comes, it'll be like a snare to get to fall upon the world. And we will escape from immediate trouble and be delivered from the hour of wrath. Then Herod, he saw he was mocked. The wise man, he was exceedingly wroth. And sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem. And in all its coasts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. So this man was wrathed. He was ticked off, we say. <clears throat> Jeremiah thirty-one fifteen. Thus saith the Lord, a voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel, weeping for her children, refused to be comforted for her children because they were not. 
you know the heartbreak of a mother that loses a young child. It is heart-wrenching and you don't, and we can't understand it unless we've been through that. These were weeping because they were murdered, probably in front of them, dragged out, crying and screaming. When unsaved, power-hungry, controlling people get a grip on power and start losing it, they feel very threatened and they react. Herod set a plan in motion to get the wise men unwittingly to do his dirty, deadly deed. But they were warned. Herod's reaction was violent when he realised he was mocked. It's Christmas time, isn't it? <clears throat> Not long ago, we put the tract out. What sort of reaction do we get from a son? Violent reaction. How dare you tell me I'm a sinner? <laughs> I like what one... I think I'm allowed to use this. Brian's not here, so we'll, he's in Sydney. <laughs> when he delivered his personal testimony up, out and he did it all around Albury. Remember when he did that? And uh, he wrote a testimony up and, del- and delivered it. He did about 8,000 on foot and he, he bought a scooter to do it on one foot. <laughs> then he got the post to do the rest and he delivered around. And we had one, one person, ring, one man ring us up. And he said, how dare you call me a sinner? <laughs> his name was Brian. And Brian had put in his track, Brian the sinner. <laughs> so, how do you know me? What are you writing about me in a track? And putting it all around. All... And when Jill was explaining to him, he sort of probably chuckled himself then. <laughs> it was Brian that put the track down, another Brian. <laughs> but he was quite upset and incensed that Brian was a sinner. <laughs> Hey, tomorrow they're going to be drinking themselves silly. I mean, we'll have drinks, but it won't be silly drinks. Or cause you that. We'll be eating and enjoying the presence of others, if you've got friends and friends and family. But we know what it's about. But millions, maybe billions of people will be celebrating and getting drunk and don't dare talk about Christ. Nothing to do with him. Christmas? Christ is the, the, the word is the word and they get wrothed when you mention that Christ has anything to do with Christmas it's all about the Lord Jesus Christ huh. uh, <clears throat> well Revelation chapter 11 you so say you're getting Revelation into a Christmas story up yeah. <laughs> Because in verse 15 it says, And the seventh angel said, And there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord. Wasn't he wrathed for the reason that there was another king coming? Well, here the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And look at the reaction of the kings then. This is still future. <laughs> and in verse 18, The nations were angry, and thy wrath is come. Not their wrath, thy wrath, God's wrath on them. And the nations are angry. Don't mention God. Don't mention him. You know, over in Russia, do they celebrate Christmas? Well, they have the Orthodox Church. They do. And so, but, but try to preach about the Lord Jesus. 
a lot of the things you've probably brought for Christmas are manufactured in <laughs> China. Do they celebrate Christmas? They certainly make money out of it. Huh. Well, they're modern Herods, we could say, and the nations were angry. Enraged that you would even talk about God. <clears throat> Don't bring Christ into the into the picture at all. And I know that we've had big to-dos at the Mirambina Centre when we had our Christmas carols and things. And slowly but surely, less and less people who were visitors came to them, to the point we put on a big dinner, the last one. And I think there was one family visiting, and we thought, no. And we have more people if we just meet here, visit. Why? Why were less and less people coming to listen to carols and singing? It was because I preached. And I preached the word. And I preached that they need to change. They need to believe. And people don't want that. But one day they will have it, like it or not. Come to the lodges. How are you moved by the Lord of glory? How have you responded to the wonderful truths that we've seen a little bit tonight? Like the wise men who worshipped, like the shepherds and those that heard them wondered, like the people of Bethlehem and Jerusalem, the religious leaders and Herod get angry and upset and wrothed. Do you worship the Lord? I pray that we do. These all responded to truth as they, were, they perceived it in different ways. And so can we. Whether you're listening in or whether you're here tonight, you respond to truth as you are moved to. You make the choice, but live with the choice. Don't complain about the consequences when they come, especially upon the deathbed. The Lord Jesus came unto his own and his own said no. Most of them received him not. As you weigh these things up and the challenge they present, are you wary of these eternal truths? Do you rest the scriptures and say, no, not true to your own destruction? Do you waste the truth that's been given to you? For, the, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them. It, they wasted it not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. You've got to have faith to believe. Do you warmly receive the truth of the Lord Jesus, his coming of Bethlehem, the incarnate Son of God? Do you welcome them wholeheartedly? Do you wisely receive the truth about the Lord's incarnation? Because it says in John 1 verse 11, he came to his own, his own received him not. But the next verse, but as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. Won't you receive the Lord today? Listening in or here? Receive the Lord and know him and wonder and marvel at him and worship him. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. It may be a challenge and a blessing to us as we've considered these different characters around the time of your birth here. Lord, may we worship and may we as Christians who are saved wonder 
at the wonderful things you've given us. Bless us together and bless our families and our meetings even tomorrow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.